especially if you open up um, in the context of already being in a couple like we did, you know, you're like, oh, well, you're sharing your partner with somebody. Like, how do you feel with about your partner having sex with other people or, you know, falling in love with you're somebody having else? having sex with other people? <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> Welcome to ethical non-monogamy where we communicate effectively. That was a joke for all of you who did not catch that. That is... You should have seen my face. Yeah. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for all things real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really fucking matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, mindset coach, actor, and truth teller extraordinaire. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought to help you face your fears, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to episode 118 of the Live Your Fuck Kiss Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, and today I have a very special guest mm. joining me. Um, if you are watching us on YouTube, uh, you already probably realize that because normally you see the other person in a box. Um, but today I have my husband, Kevin, <laughs> who is making the shape of a box with his hands, Um here with us um and he's been on the podcast a couple times before um I'll pop especially the most recent one um on the podcast uh which was I think episode 105 um where we talked about all things polyamory and how we navigated and got into that and talked about our story so if you haven't already listened to that episode highly recommend you do so before continuing today's episode because we are starting a new series on the podcast for a little while. Well, I don't know how long this is going to go, but I have been getting so much feedback from so many of you um, on multiple social media platforms, but especially TikTok. There are a lot of you from TikTok lately. Um, and we've been talking a lot about polyamory. And you have just really had a lot of questions about it. And while we are certainly not experts um in that, in the sense that we are not polyamory coaches or anything like that, um, we have been navigating it for ourselves individually and as a couple for how long? Two and a half years? Two, almost three years? Yeah, almost three. Almost three years. And um, I think the curiosity makes a lot of sense. And honestly, um, so many of your questions have been rooted in a lot of what I teach, which is fear. And... Um, we're going to talk about that and break down um, a lot of the different fears that we've navigated and our personal experiences with that, what we've learned. Um, and I will be speaking from it from more of the like life coach and you know Amanda truth-telling standpoint, and Kevin will be speaking it from his standpoint. And we have very differing uh, opinions in a lot of stuff and also very similar ones also in other ways. So I'm excited for this, and um, I'm really stoked that you're here. So thanks for being here with me. Yeah. Absolutely. We got whiskey, so we should cheers that. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So I guess for all of you watching slash listening, um, if you have, like I said, not heard uh, that we are poly or the story around that, um, go back to episode 105 because we really do talk about a lot of the stuff there and answer a bunch of questions that we got to in that space. Um because I feel like otherwise you're going to be just throwing into the deep end right now without really knowing any like, background. I feel like that'll happen regardless. <laughs> totally true. Um, so anyways, today we are going to start with, an, I think, probably the biggest question that I get all the time. What's that? Which is jealousy. And uh, specifically, how do you navigate feelings of jealousy? Um, 
how do you uh, operate in a space um, that is non-monogamous without feeling those feelings and Mm. um, how do you prevent feelings of jealousy or or sit with those feelings and I I feel like I get questions about that every single day Um, so I think to start what I would love to sort of yeah, to, to start with for both of us, I think it would be awesome maybe if we shared what our experience with jealousy has been in our life writ large because I think there's an I think it's really interesting that this is the biggest topic that gets brought up because, you know, I've never been asked that in the context of us being monogamous, you know? I was never asked oh, really? by friends. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's unique to me. But I was never asked by friends or family or anything like, do you ever get jealous, you know, or like whatever. And um, I certainly never did in the context of monogamy um, personally. But I know that that's, I, it's not a – I think it's interesting that this is the number one thing that's brought up because I know a lot of people who do identify as monogamous who experience massive feelings of jealousy. And so, you know, I think the, the idea of uh, – many people have presented it as like you're sharing a partner – you're sharing your partner, right? Especially if you open up um, in the context of already being in a couple like we did, you know, you're like, oh, well, you're sharing your partner with somebody. Like, how do you feel with about your partner having sex with other people or, you know, falling in love with you're somebody having else? having sex with other people? <gasps> oh, shit. <laughs> Welcome to Ethical Non-Monogamy where we communicate effectively. That was a joke for all of you who did not catch that. That is... You should have seen my face. Yeah. Um... But yeah, like that is, um, I think it's interesting that that's been the biggest question. Because honestly, that wasn't something I was really worried about stepping into ethical non-monogamy personally. So I'm curious, like generally speaking, what has been your experience in life with jealousy? Uh, Well, I think different from yours in in our togetherness. Like I had friends who, uh, like this is a simple example, but friends who weren't involved in theater or didn't know what it was like literally asked me like, do you get jealous when Amanda has to kiss someone on stage? Mm. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Like, I never was, like, jealous of uh, that interaction at all. But I think, you know, in, in my younger adulthood, I had some pretty gnarly shit happen and grew up with some pretty gnarly shit yeah. that, like, you know, made whatever interaction, whether that was, you know, a stage kiss or, you know, uh, ethical non-monogamy poly like aspects of that like difficult to grapple with um so there's not like a clean answer for that i suppose yeah but also i like i uh i really feel more like jealousy is like a um hmm, what's a good analogy it's kind of like soup right like like there's a fuckload of different kinds of soups, you know, but it's all soup, you know, or whiskey, right? Yeah. Like some, uh, you know, uh, all scotch is whiskey, but not all whiskey is scotch yeah. kind of kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think there, there's really a lot of different flavors of that. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it's. I don't know. Maybe I'm being too heady about the whole thing, and I should have had more whiskey. Um, <laughs> but I, to me, like, uh, I was not, and, and have not really been worried about jealousy or or plagued with it. Uh, I, I I don't think. 
Um, I I struggle more with like fears of abandonment and yeah, and those which things. we will be talking about in a later episode in more depth for sure. Yeah, and I, and I suppose with my analogies, you could argue that like those are part of the flavors of, of jealousy, and I, yeah. I would probably be in that camp, um, but not jealousy in the sense like. I feel like there's this very specific thing that I may not be able to articulate well, but like when you're in this monogamous headspace, there's this like your partner being intimate with anyone else, whether that's physically or emotionally is like the worst fucking thing ever. And if you ever think that's going to happen, like you get all these like really awful, terrible feelings. Right. Right. Um, and so I don't think I ever felt that. Um, yeah. Why do you think that in the monogamous framework or when you, you know, we were in monogamy, that was, you know, and that is considered by so many as like the worst thing ever, you know, yeah. do you think, do you think that's so interesting? Cause I, I think because I had so much security in our relationship and still do, you know, when we were monogamous, I never questioned if there was ever the potential that you would cheat on me because uh, our relationship and us as individuals are so rooted in integrity and honesty and transparency. So I was never worried about that. But I know that's not true for all relationships and not all people. So I think I never, while you, and you have quite significant um, relationships with a lot of people in your life that, have had crushes on you and when when we were in monogamous but, but spaces I never knew that and it's not, but it's like, true and you, you know you know and like it's never ever uh I've never felt jealous about your you know spending time with them which you would often spend quite significant amounts of time with those people because they were very close friends of yours you know or yeah. still are um and that just never I never had any worry about that because of the way that our dynamic has been and because of who we are as individuals yeah. um but I think, I think um, stepping into non-monogamy uh, opened up in different insecurities. You know, it's like I think in the monogamous context, especially when you're married, for whatever reason, like <laughs> I think a lot of people get married, and I know I felt this way, and it's like, oh, now I have like this extra security blanket that like you cannot leave, you know, and it's like um, I've promised, you know, this to you and that's how we've always operated and how we continue to operate and yet you know marriages 50 over 50 percent of marriages fail you know so even in a monogamous context there isn't mm, any sort of uh surety that that won't happen right that that won't end yeah but i think all the comments like of like oh it could still happen in a monogamous like (laughs) i think that's kind of a red herring right like polyamory opens up a lot of different things and you see what i did there with with opening up no oh that was opening like up a relationship oh haha yeah i did not get that at all (laughs) i hope Uh, some of you did (laughs) uh, um there's a nice dead airspace there for a second um no but I, i think i think that it introduces a lot of things that probably would not have been there yeah so to just to, to take a statement of like, oh, well, you know, your relationship might not work out anyway. And I was like, I don't know if that's inherently true. Like, I, I think it's possible, sure, but I don't think that it's inherently true um, that, it, that it's as easy as all that. Like, it certainly opens up different aspects that did not exist before. I think 
I, I want to call you on that. I don't think that's true. I think it opens up the need to communicate around different aspects that were not needed to communicate around before. I don't. I don't think that at the end of the day, I think all of these things are things that we navigate, feelings of jealousy, feeling fears of aban- being abandoned or left. Um, I mean, we're going to be talking about a lot of this stuff coming up, you know, comparison, um, how we're perceived, um, all of that stuff. We're going to be tackling, you know, that in future episodes. And I would wager that that's something we all struggle with no matter how we identify in relationships. You know, I think... Wait, what? All of those things are things we struggle no matter how we do relationships, okay. you know, whether we are monogamous or ethically non-monogamous or some, you know, polyamorous or somewhere yeah. in the middle. Um, I think we all struggle with those feelings, those fears, right? And at the end of the day, it, um, monogamy is just uh, a choice, but it's also a, a thing that a lot of people are, mono- quote, monogamous, but then there's a shit ton of affairs that happen, right? So... Uh, the difference is that it's just not ethical in that uh, space. No, uh, I mean, I don't disagree with you that shitty things happen. What, what I'm saying is that uh, you open yourself up to things that you need to communicate in a very different way totally. about that you maybe would have never needed to communicate about mm. it because your communication skills are inadequate. Like, it has nothing to do with polyamory or monogamy. It's actually like a, a totally different issue. I think we're saying the same thing. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you saying then? Um, I'm saying that I, I, I think that there are monogamous couples who, if they stayed monogamous instead of trying polyamory, might have been better off. Like, I don't think it's for everybody. Oh, I, totally. Like, I don't, um, you know, I, and I, but, but I also think it's not inherent that if those people try it that it would be bad for them either, yeah i right? guess i'm speaking in the context of jealousy and saying that i think that can exist no matter what our relationships that certainly are does, yeah. yeah um so that was the lens in which i was speaking to but yeah i completely agree and i think i don't know it's been interesting because i think at least for me and i would love to hear like once we stepped into poly like would you have considered yourself a jealous person before like in Relationships? Yeah, like with me specifically. I don't think so. Yeah. I would you be. have considered No, I mean I think I think because of some of your past stuff, you've certainly uh maybe a little protective. Yeah, or been um more wary about like like you said, some of the stage stuff that I navigated and I think you maybe struggled more with those things than I had experienced in previous relationships sure. with other partners. Um whereas like I didn't really with you at all. Um, All the stage kisses I was doing were <laughs> non-existent. Yeah, super non-existent. But I know I just meant more so like with other people. But yeah. even when we stepped into ethical non-monogamy and started, you know, our polyamory journey, which we talk about pretty in detail in episode 105, um, I don't know that I would qualify any of the feelings I experienced as jealousy early on personally. Um, I definitely had a lot of like fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And I think my fears were rooted in I'm going to fall behind, especially because originally um, in our relationship structure, like you and I both stepped into relationships with the same person and had a triad um, dynamic, which, again, we talk about more in detail in episode 105 if you're curious or haven't listened to that episode. Um, and so I think that brought up a whole slew of different feelings that I wasn't expecting, but I wasn't jealous like, I didn't feel jealous around you. I felt jealous 
around the other people, you know, when they were developing closer relationships with other people that weren't me mm. um, or spending time there, that's where the jealousy feeling started to pop up for me because I wasn't secure in that relationship um, and I wasn't feeling... Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. When you say that relationship, do you mean with that other person or in the triad? Oh, interesting. Um, I think with that other person. And it wasn't, I mean, I'm not just speaking in context of the triads. This has also happened in other relationships of mine um, and partners of mine where, you know, if they are starting to date other people and maybe they hadn't been dating other people during the context of our relationship, it's like, oh, I'm noticing feelings of jealousy start to pop up Mm. and not in like a you can't do this whatever way but it's 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 interesting it's it definitely comes from a place of you know uh I want that time Mm. or I'm um I'm just yeah there's those feelings pop up in that way but it's I think it's interesting that for me it's been less present with you and I I think at the end of the day for me at least it's because I have a deep secure bond and attachment and trust in our relationship that with newer relationships that are just starting um and forming and we're kind of figuring out like the dynamic and all of that stuff is less present you know um so that's been a realization for me lately around all the jealousy stuff for me in the context of poly yeah I mean I think my perpetual larger concern is more on time you know like all the other things are quite literally infinite you know but time time isn't yeah and so you know uh my own time is is strapped like i I work a fuckload yeah um you know and i have you and i have a couple other people in my life that are really important to me to you know varying degrees of commitment yeah um you know, and, and when you throw on like, you know, engaging with other new people, like yeah. in whatever direction, like that's, uh, you know, it's like fuck Google Calendar is really important, you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, um, we've gotten a bunch of questions of like, how do you schedule your life? <laughs> fucking Google Calendar. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Google. Yeah, I wish. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's interesting. Um, and I want to get into later in the episode, I want to get into what I think for both of us, what we feel like jealousy actually is a deeper reflection of, because I think ultimately it's just a higher level emotion that speaks to different things that we don't actually say or understand or are aware of in the moment. Um, when you but, say higher level emotion. Well, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But I think at the end of the day, um, what I think is so interesting about jealousy and the questions that I get around jealousy in context of polyamory is that it's seen as this really negative thing. It's Mm -hmm. seen as this really awful emotion that we should fight to feel um, or isn't, quote, normal to feel. That if it's – if you're feeling it, it means something's wrong, right, I think is is often how that's reflected. And I think in the context of monogamy, that's very true. It's like, well, if you're feeling jealous, then it it means something's wrong with your relationship or maybe you don't trust your partner enough or all of this stuff. And what I've learned in the context of poly that I'm so appreciative around jealousy, and this is also a big part of the work I do just generally speaking from a coaching standpoint – is removing the morality, the good, the bad, the positive, the negative when it comes to emotions because all emotions are just emotions. And at the end of the day, jealousy is just another emotion that we feel. And it's not inherently negative. It just is. And it might feel 
less great in your body than like say joy or gratitude or excitement right it might feel less positive right at the end of the day but it's also a really fucking normal feeling and what I've learned so deeply by so many in the polyamory uh so many humans in the polyamory community is just the beauty of acknowledging that it's okay to feel jealous every once in a while and it's it's not about not feeling the feeling it's about how we navigate operating when we do feel a feeling how we acknowledge that we're feeling that and how we choose to react or respond to our partners or you know the people that might be um operating in ways that lead us to feeling jealous right um and so that I think has been a really huge realization and lesson and gift honestly to me um because I think so often we as human beings like see these really big scary things like I'm jealous right and we beat ourselves up for feeling it in the first place we question if we should especially in the context of ethical non-monogamy because it's like well I know like I it's not like there's dishonesty happening right and if you're doing polyamory or ethical non-monogamy correctly and I mean that word correctly then it's all ethical it's all everyone is operating in a consensual way everyone knows of what's happening right and you have communication you have agreements between each partnership and that's a I think a beautiful beautiful way of navigating so at the end of the day all of it is above board right like I know when you are going on a date with somebody that's not me I know when um you know you're having a really great experience that it doesn't involve me in it right you're communicating those things with me we're openly talking about them right and so for me it's not about I'm jealous because I'm scared that you know something's happening behind my back or I'm scared that I'm going to be lied to or am being lied to for me it exists more in the context of oh like I want I want that time or I'm feeling you know that struggle of does this mean that you know maybe you you prefer doing this with this person and does that say something about our relationship and it you know it brings up those fears in a different way um I don't know if that makes sense so I hear two things there I hear time which is like I'm totally behind that mm-hmm. one the other one seemed like this comparison piece which is like one of the last things you said like oh you're doing this thing there that we don't do mm-hmm. what does that say about us mm-hmm. i guess really interesting can you talk about that more um uh, yes but i want to talk more about that when we do our episode on um perception and comparing and comparing um but yeah i think for me at least that's a big root of jealousy like for example there is a partner that you and i both shared at one point that i no longer am in partnership with and a lot of my insecurity and I would wager jealousy came up in the context of intimacy within that dynamic because I perceived her as and you know for all purposes I would say that she was very much physically your type like to a T and also mine you know um she checked off a lot of boxes in that way and when we first all started dating, I felt a lot of insecurity around my body and my sexuality in comparison to her because, you know, she checked off a lot of those boxes from a physicality standpoint, but also 
sexually speaking, like was very, very in her body and just like really, really moved in a way that I was like, I'm not there yet. You know, like I hadn't quite achieved that liberation in my sexuality um, that she seemed to, you know, in that at that time. And when we would all have sex, I often felt jealous in the context of specifically only those interactions because I was like, oh, like, uh, I compared myself to her a lot in the context of being in the bedroom, you know? I mean, we've talked about this a million times. But, yeah, so I think that, for me, that's what I was re- really referring to, to give an example, which might gain some clarity. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I, d- I just think it's interesting to get back to what we were saying about in the context of, you know, being a, a positive slash negative emotion, you know, what do you feel like you've learned in that space when it comes to just jealousy as a whole? Well, I, I think I used to, I've kind of alluded to this, I used to think of it as like one specific thing. And, you know, now I very much have this soup analogy, which I'll stick to. Uh, so, yeah, so maybe share the layers of what are the different flavors of, of jealousy? Well, so the gumbo is... <laughs> No, um, no, I, I think there's, there's things that are like the first fork for me under the word jealousy or the, you know, side by side umbrellas. Like, I don't know how to visually describe what's in my head, but they're, they're ladle. (laughs) If we're going to soup metaphor. Well, maybe you need two ladles. Maybe you have a double ladle, um, like double rainbow. Discover it. Uh, that was good. Um, but, uh, uh. No, you you have these things that are 100% you, right? Like your own shit. Yeah. Um, and then you have things that are not 100% you. Like there's either... When you say your own shit, do you mean like your own emotions, your yeah, own responses, own security, perceptions? Like those okay. type of things. Yeah. And then you have things that are maybe under-communicated about yeah. or things, maybe someone broke an agreement or... Uh, or has recently done so, or, or you know, breached a, a, a boundary. Um, I don't know. There, there's all sorts of things in that bucket that it, you know, it's some in some ways broken your trust. Even even if that wasn't something that you know, what um, was part of the the other set of things. Yeah. So, uh, so there, that's like the top layer to me. You know, I think the vast majority of things are in the your own shit ladle. Um, but that's not, that's not a hundred percent true. Totally. And those things are more like, I think some of the things that you were describing, like feeling like you were missing out or the potential for that or comparison things, um, those type of, those type of situations. Yeah. You know, the, the, the other side is like maybe a grayer area. Like, mm, I really feel like this interaction with someone like, uh, goes into unethical territory or mm. um you know this is a situation we haven't spoken to each other about yet and i feel like we should talk to each other first and you don't and the yes. proverbial you here to be clear yeah um you know so that so that you know i think and those, that brings up feelings of jealousy for you well it could it could bring up that shitty feeling uh of like mm, something's wrong here right like I, I think that was actually a mm. uh you, you had that as a as a definition while you were talking there. Uh, and I, I think that's interesting. So I don't think that that's inaccurate, uh, that something is off here. Yeah. But that what I'm trying to delineate is that I think there's an off internally and an off 
externally. And that off externally doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong, but it can be. It can be, yeah, for sure. Um, and yeah. so that's that's the bent that I was kind of talking yeah, about yeah, there yeah. is that there are there, there are both forks there, ladles. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, so you know, you go down, um, you know, a bunch of different ways in that, and yeah, um, it's 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 tricky. I think the further you go down on the internal path, because it's more and more shit that you have to like uncover for yourself, totally. or uh, you know, work on in therapy, totally. or you know, have conversations, and hopefully, your partner or partners you're talking to are receptive of you feeling funky maybe funky about some stuff they're doing even you know and it you know it gets heavy yeah so i i think this pivots perfectly into what i wanted to you know step into around jealousy which is you know what you said there's the external but then there's also the internal stuff right our perceptions the things Mm. that it brings up for us Mm. maybe that's trauma related maybe it's not um so because i think at the end of the day jealousy is often a reflection of something deeper and deeper within us as individuals, right? Or maybe even deeper within in the context of a partnership um, if there's, you know, past trauma when it comes to maybe cheating or affairs. And while we don't personally have that experience in our dynamic, many people do, you yeah. know. Um, and Certainly do from past ones. Yes. Um, so I'm curious, um, what do you feel like when you've experienced jealousy? Because we talked about this a lot. Like, what do you feel like has been the deeper thing that's come up for you um in some of those moments Mm. the the inner stuff you know that has been sparked or you're like oh interesting I need to I need to look at this deeper or I didn't expect this to you know be the be the bigger thing underneath well clearly none of that was on me and it was all you know on all my fault all your fault yeah no (laughs) uh uh no I think um, I think for me, um, for me, it's, it's really been more about changes, you know, and, and, uh, cause I, I don't really do very well with, uh, with change for myriad reasons, uh, none of which we need to get into now on this, you know, beautiful podcast of yours, <laughs> um, that's for therapy time. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, for, for me, a sudden change or departure in some established portion of a relationship, especially if it's for um, other folk, um, has been, you know, that's been tricky for me to navigate. I, I think ultimately that goes back to time, which is, you know, something that I, I started to talk about that and we went off on something else. Um, but for me, that's, that's a big thing. Everything else is limitless. Time's not. And so if, if something happens, it could be anything. If something happens and that changes your availability to spend time with With me or it bumps commitments that like longstanding commitments that we've had or plans or whatever. Um, you know, I think that stirs a lot of feelings of like, uncomfortability and uh i would argue maybe eventually if you got like really rock bottom in it it might be some form of abandonment stuff which i've now learned i'm not supposed to talk about Uh, (laughs) i should wait i should wait for another episode (laughs) no we're gonna be diving Um, deeper in it but yeah um 
you know, but somewhere above that, it's more. Um, so I think I think abandonment is like the the rock bottom layer. Yeah. But above that, you know, further further up into like the top feeling, um, we need words for that. Um, yeah. So I feel like someone gave us those at some point, like first, second, third level feelings. I don't remember. Um, but anyhow, like in the middle is more like, oh, I'm not a priority. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's true, but it fucking feels like it. Right. Um, so I th- did that answer your question or I just danced? No, totally. I think, you know, I think that's, I, that's your, been your experience. I'm curious though, what about, you know, that feeling of not being prioritized or a lack of time or maybe uh something shifting yeah what what about that leads to jealousy for you oh well i think you know it's a coveting of that time that we have and it feels like it's in my in my previous example it feels like it's being removed so it's like feeling like this lack of something especially something i feel like i used to have um so in the context of I'm I'm doing my coaching thing with you. Oh. So in the context of that, we need a coach in the morning. <laughs> so I know that that's what happened because so, now I'm just confused. I know I never do this with you normally, but I'm just we're I'm gonna unpack a little like a couple deeper layers. So in the context of that, it's it's coming from a place of my needs aren't getting met, is what I'm hearing. Mm. Of no, but yes, it's coming from a place of I have the fear that my needs will not be met. Mm, so it's not actually about time changing. It's about the fear of that changing. Well, I think you. that's when it, yeah. Uh, or it, the longevity of that potentially. Yeah. Okay. That, that, that that's, um, so there is a, like, if, if an event actually happens, yes, yeah. it, it is like a, uh, a, a, like specific thing now in this moment. I'm, a, I, I don't, I'm uncomfortable with that changing, yeah. but like new partners or whatever, it's like, you know, fucking NRE is a bitch in a positive way and, a, you know, and... Can and you explain what NRE... That's a, that's a term I don't know that we've actually talked about on the podcast before. So if mm. we're going to throw out terms, we got to share them. Mm. Mm, what, does, what is mm. NRE? Uh, <laughs> new relationship energy. So yeah. basically all those, like, butterflies and stupid shit you do when you first started dating somebody. It doesn't feel stupid in the moment. When you look back, you're like... Fuck. Yeah, like, let's move in together after three months. Yeah, or Um, two weeks or, like, you know, a couple days. No, we didn't. We Um, did not, yeah. (laughs) We waited a long time to move in together. Yeah, two and a half years. Um, Come to think of it. But, no, so so there's this, like, yes, this thing in the moment, but I think, like, on the new partner side, it's like, oh, where is this going to go? Because everybody gets – it doesn't matter how hard you try to not get caught up. At some point, you're fucking going to get caught up. And, you know, know, I think at one point we had a thing of, like – Hey, leave a like a red note or something like on the table if they're like NRE. <laughs> if we're too... being too, if we're being too like wild in our NRE phase. Well, yeah, yeah because I mean you get excited and those yeah. feelings are abundant and you have a lot of serotonin and dopamine going through your system. You know when you are experiencing those feelings and also when you're you know having a new relationship with somebody and yeah. shifting, especially if you're in person, which you know we haven't really had that opportunity very much what are people in like? the last year. <laughs> but when you're in person with somebody and you know, a skin to skin contact and you're sharing those feelings like you chemically are actually like induced in a way that is very, very different than you normally would be. And, um, a lot of the time we make, um, decisions that might be outside of what we, uh, in our rational states or even semi-rational states would, would choose to do. Um, 
Just why having agreements and also knowing your personal boundaries and just acknowledging that you are in fact in an RE and, and, and getting support from the people that are, you know, in your life that you can be like, am I, am I acting out a term right now? <laughs> and they can, you know, speak to you with candor and love, I, I think is really important. Um, mm. But yeah, so it's, it's those moments where there's like this, un, it's kind of an unknown thing, mm. you know? And so that maybe, maybe if you were to like take it, like change might be the middle feeling or emotion again it's actually like an unknown of which that unknown might be something changing and not knowing the output of that so it's fear at the end of the day yeah i suppose so which is what everything i feel like comes always comes back to you know we have these abundant fears that you know come from a myriad of different places and when we don't know how to sit with our fears and acknowledge what they are it can bring up a lot of feelings that we then put onto other people or whatever instead of owning where we're at so thank you for sharing your side of things um i think it's super interesting because i think our experiences are vastly different like my jealousy um has come up in places of um two big two big spaces for me at, at a deeper level if we're not talking you know first level layers jealousy first level but second level or even third for me has been rooted in um, a deep insecurity in my my body. Mm. I think at the end of the day, um, that's been that was a really big one early on. You know, because stepping out of monogamous framework, I never had to worry about you being with somebody else, right? Yeah. Or experiencing somebody else physically. Um, you know, whether that's just from an external standpoint and like you know, ogling at somebody like in a and I mean, obviously we looked at people all the time because we're human. And, yeah, I feel like we even attraction. talked about Oh, that. totally. I just mean more of the sense of like, I'm dating this person and I think they're fucking sexy. Mm. You know, like, I was like, you're dating me. So that's all, you know, and, and now you're married to me. And so like, I know you think I'm sexy, you know, but then as soon as the door opened to other people, I was like, oh, but you think that's sexy and I'm not that. So just. Does that mean that I'm not actually what you like? You know, instead of being, of course, like we all have differing, you know, types and all sorts of stuff. But on top of that, too, it's like you're having intimate experiences with other people that aren't me. And I remember even early on in our relationship, like I was so sex negative that even you watching porn was uncomfortable to me um or like the idea of you going to a strip club on like a a bachelor party or even just for fun like was something I was deeply uncomfortable with because I thought it spoke to me Hmm. and I was so self-conscious in my own body and my own sexuality even though I, I put on a really great show to pretend like I wasn't um for so many years that when we stepped into the context of polyamory and ethical non-monogamy, I really, really um, struggled with being like, oh, well, do you like that better? You know, especially because sometimes I was witnessing you, (laughs) you know, sex with somebody else in front of my eyeballs. And so it would be like, oh, you're reacting differently than when you react with me. And, you know, or then it was like, you know, if we were ever not in the same space doing that, it was like, well, did you have a better time? And all these questions. And it was like, well, does that speak to my sexiness? Does that speak to my um, desirability and all sorts Mm -hmm. of stuff? Because I was not comfortable in that space. And that's obviously nine day different now. But that wasn't that long ago that I was feeling those feelings. It was, you know, two years ago because – I was still very deeply on my own personal journey of accepting my body. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting to hear you talk about that because I feel like those are the things that I've picked up 
more recently as like jealous points like specifically like body things for me like i like i worry about that Um, that's what you've picked up for your own yeah Yeah. it's yeah it's like you know the the time thing is fucking consistent you know like that that's just a thing for me i think yeah should write that down for sherry um but uh the nobody knows who that is that's my therapist (laughs) uh she's great um pro therapy in this in this household for sure yeah uh but no the the other ones are 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 new you know yeah um so you know i try not to let that bother me too much but those are things that are like i can definitely empathize with you know at this point like i i I think in the time period that you were talking about like that probably didn't make sense to me like i don't remember if we spoke about it or not but like now it's like oh yeah yeah i I get that you know um yeah, so, so yeah. that was a big one for me, and it turns out also illuminated that that's one for you, um, which I knew, but I didn't want to obviously impose on the podcast. Oh, no. I just, this is, uh, <laughs> you know, y'all are my new therapist. <laughs> Respond in the comments. Um, but, yeah, but I think now being in a very different place with my relationship with my body and feeling wildly liberated in that space and confident, and, you know, obviously that's still a constant practice even though that's what I do uh, as a coach you know we're constantly practicing those things um anyone that tells you differently is lying to your face I believe um but I think for me it's um I think it speaks to a deeper wound of when I feel those, those jealousy feelings coming up it's I spend a lot of my life not being accepted and loved for who I am and um, often not chosen Mm. um, as a result. And so when somebody that I love or am in a partnership with chooses somebody else too, Mm. and that's a two, that's and, right? There's an and there. It's not an or because that's the beauty of polyamory is there never has to be an or, you know? Um, Sometimes there is and has been for me. Um, but it's, it's not always the case. Um, it can be an and, and it it often is an and, um, there's still that fear that comes up of, well, you're choosing them. So does that mean I'm not going to be chosen? Mm. And, um, ultimately not loved in the way that I, um, have been very accustomed to a lot of my life, not being loved and not being seen and not being, um, celebrated for all of me and that's a lot of my deeper wounding that comes up right and so it's been interesting to notice you know right so many of the times that first level feeling that we experience jealousy being the example we're talking about today really it's speaking to something deeper Mm -hmm. and when we can unpack that and understand it we can get curious and not make ourselves wrong for feeling those feelings and not only that we can actually communicate to our partners and say hey i'm feeling jealous in this moment And I want you to know why so that they can understand you better. But also, you don't have to respond in a reactive nature attached to that jealousy, right? Which is not always an easy thing to do, right? It takes a lot of self-awareness and communication and Kevin's side-eyeing me right now because I've definitely, I think we both have responded in, you know, uh, triggered states when we've had these deeper, you know, feelings pop up. And it's, 
it's scary, right? It's scary, it's, and, it, and it stokes a lot of stuff, and we don't always respond in the way that we might want to in those moments. But when sure. we have the awareness, right, awareness is, I believe, the key to everything when it comes to healing. If we can get curious about ourselves and actually genuinely, genuinely be aware of, of the feelings we're having and why that feeling might be taking place, then we can speak to it and communicate around it in an authentic way instead of react mm. in an intense one. Um, so for me, that's been, that's been my personal journey with jealousy. Yeah. So lots of stuff to, to unpack, but I would just wager and think about for all of you, whether you are monogamous or ethically non-monogamous, we've all experienced jealousy at some point in our lives. Right. And so I would really just ask yourself, what is this actually why like why am i feeling this way right now you know it's the big why that we constantly i think forget to ask ourselves you know it's always just like well i'm feeling this and you're the cause of this and you know instead of asking like why is this coming up for me where is it rooted like what about this is making me feel this way right and just getting clearer on that um and also acknowledging that it's it's not a dirty emotion at the end of the day it's just something we feel and some of us feel it more than others, naturally, right? Like I, I know a lot of people who feel jealousy a lot in life, and yeah. I'm I'm not really one of those people. Um, Do you feel like you've had jealous partners? Yes. Hmm. I do. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I know. I guess I sort of have too. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to picture, like we've been talking a lot. Um, and I don't know if you were like spearing towards the end of the episode there with that recap, but like <laughs> we've been we've been talking about a lot of the and maybe this is just jealousy part two episode, but we've been talking a lot about like our own feelings about it, but very little on engaging with a partner that is feeling je- jealous and how to support. That them. is where I was going to go next, and that's how I was going to end the episode. It's like you oh. read my mind. So, but before we I've been get there, no notes. <laughs> I didn't even know what we were talking about. Yes, you did. But before we get there, I want to quickly pivot and let you all know about a really exciting thing that's coming down the pipes with respect to me. Um, And yeah, I'm super stoked about it. And that is that I am officially launching as of, if you're listening to this in real time, as of Monday, the doors are open to my new and very exciting program called the School of Fears, Fails, and Fucks. Um, It is a three-month intensive where we will be doing a group coaching Um, session every single week Um, we'll be doing a live coaching session and we'll also have a group space where we will be navigating through each month so month one we'll be tackling fears month two we'll be tackling feels and month three we'll be tackling fuck so really it's all about how do we move through our fears in different spaces um, different modules um, and then how do we sit with our feels and really support ourselves like jealousy might be you know one of those things that we we talk about um, and really really um, allow ourselves to not just um feel them in a in a in a hard and overwhelming way but navigate that with intention and move through that so that we can embody our fuck yes self um it is all the work i do in my one-on-one work it is truly something that's been like on the like i've been creating this and, and thinking about it and just really really building 
the groundwork for the last almost year, I want to say, we've been talking about me building this program. And I'm so excited. Um, a lot of you have been in my group programs or one-on-one coaching before or gone to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life Summit. Um, and this is just going to be completely fucking a game changer. So I'm stoked and doors are officially open. So you can check that all out in the show notes um, if you want to join. There are three different tiers um, and levels where you can join either just in the group context, which in and of itself is going to change the game 110% for you. Um, or if you want to up level, um, you can also add some one-on-one stuff with me along the way. Um, so again, check that all out in the show notes and I can't wait to support all of you in that space. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about tangible ways to navigate jealousy and Mm. stuff that has been supportive to us, whether that's communication tools or, you know, um, yeah, things we've learned along the way. So what comes up for you? Scotch. <laughs> no, uh, that's kind of true. Uh, I'm also out of scotch. Yeah, uh, close. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I, I think actually one of the the I think the two best things um, for me is something that is relatively internal um, and then also an external thing. Yeah. So the. Um, journaling I think has been materially important for me not just with jealousy but like throughout um our entire journey in in poly like I'd never really journaled before that like I did a little bit like growing up but like yeah not really as an adult but like I I got myself like a really nice journal that I could reuse and I got myself a really nice pen and it became this like ritual for me yeah and at first, like, I didn't fucking write about any of the things that were actually going on. It was just, like, random thoughts or stuff I was dealing with at work or, like, I don't know, just shit trying to Recap get me to write. Recap of your day. Yeah. Um, but then once I got into a habit of, like, actually, like, just picking up the journal and, and my and my pen and things, um, you know, it became a, a space where I, I explored those feelings for myself. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that was really good and cathartic, and sometimes it made it worse, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, because the mind can be a terrible place sometimes, at least mine. Um, and but 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 I think ultimately it's been really helpful and supportive for me. Um, can I share one of mine? Yeah, yeah. You want to oscillate back yeah. and forth? So yeah. it's interesting that you brought up journaling as a tool for you, yeah. um, because I think a tool for me in the context of adjusting the way I did this was not. Um, verbally journaling onto you and that's something that I um I am what uh many call a spewer (laughs) in the context of my feels and thoughts I have a lot of them all the time I constant I mean literally like we were just talking about this earlier like a couple hours ago you're like Amanda you literally said four things in the last five minutes I don't know can we slow down you know I that's just the way that my brain operates and I don't realize a lot of the time that that's not how everyone operates and receives information well. And something that I noticed, and because of a lot of your uh, acknowledgement early on, um, I mean, really this was happening pre-poly too, but especially in the context of polyamory, is every time I would feel something, I would just immediately tell you about it. And I would immediately just like dump it on you in a very... um, That's why I'm Intense way. (laughs) That's why I'm gray. Yeah. And while I think there, it is important to communicate your feelings, I also think that it's important to do it in a mindful way that is um, palatable to your partner. And the reality is, is that every time, if I'm speaking to you in 
uh, with my intensity that I do with my feelings, um, every single time I'm, I'm experiencing something like jealousy, um, it's not supportive to you. So what I really needed to realize was like catch myself when I was feeling them. And instead of verbally dump all of the things I was feeling, I would dump it into my journal first. And that would help me, first of all, just get it out of my head and get myself into like a tactile thing, which always helps me personally. But also it would allow me to actually look on and take a space from the the moment where I'm feeling these feels and say, is this something that I'm actually feeling because I need to bring this up because it has to do with an action or maybe something that I'm feeling weird about? Or am I just like having a moment and does, is this actually important to talk about? And it helped me gain some perspective mm. on the moment instead of just living in it in so intensely and, and moving solely from a reactive space. Yeah. So that's definitely been a big one for me. Yeah, I, that's good. That's I'm getting color back in my hair. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> next <laughs> uh so i think i said I, I had two but really i have three uh so i'm adding one okay um the, the second one i think is just like a general community resource of things and i don't necessarily mean like going and talking to people i'm i mean like reading literature on polyamory and how to do like the chances that that you are the first person to experience whatever you're experiencing right now is like near zero Completely. so yeah there are multitude, good to know you're not alone yeah it's good to know you're not alone there's a multitude of books uh there's um, you know, to give a shout out to another podcast that I think really helped us, Multiamory, and they have a really cost effective um, Patreon, Patreon thing yeah. that gets you into a private Facebook group where you can talk to people. Yeah. And then um, if you're a nerd like me, there's Reddit uh, <laughs> and there's a multitude of um, polyamory or ethically non monogamous subreddits, even polyfamily stuff, if that's your jam. Like, there's all sorts of different things there. And, you know, you can kind of poke around, you know, from everything from jealousy to like agreements to, you know, safe sex practices. Like there people have asked all sorts of shit. Safe sex. Yeah. 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 There's an R and I just dropped it. I I don't do R's. Um, But uh, there's a lot of stuff there. And and one, just knowing you're not alone, but also reading other people's experiences going through the thing. Support. Yeah. It's why I think the, the Reddit side of it is really helpful a lot of the times because the, the, the people there are really active. Yeah. And so you don't even have to, like, post your own stuff most of the time. You can just go and, and see. And sometimes they're, you know, a little, I don't intense. know. Intense. Yeah, intense or, like, witch honey sometimes, yeah. you know. But, like, for the most part, it's pretty good information. Yeah. You will at least be pushed to think about your situation in some way. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's number two. You got two? Yeah. Um, I think – my second one is usually, you know, I think we both spoke to this about what, what the lower feelings of jealousy look like, but I think often it just, it speaks to a need that's not getting met. Mm, yeah. And so I think um, getting clear on what that need might be, whether that's more time, maybe you need an, a date night, an extra date night that, you know, that you're not having or you're not having quality time in the way that you want or Maybe you are in a triad or having uh, in an NRE and you're not feeling like you're having as much sex as you would like to be having or whatever it is. Um, and just, I think, setting aside a time where you can both say, hey, can we set aside a time to just chat about something that's been on my heart, on my mind, when you're in a good space to receive it and put a time on the calendar to have a check-in with each other and just say, 
hey, like this is what I'm noticing that I'm I'm starting to feel some feelings of jealousy and I've I've really thought about it and I realize that at the end of the day it's because this need isn't feeling like it's getting met here and I would really love if we could maybe add an extra date night, you know, for the next few weeks so I feel like I'm getting more quality time or you know, I'm feeling a little jealous that you were having you had this experience with this person um and I really wanted to do that with you like can we do that together, you know, and just um, creating a way to fill that need um, instead of living in the lack, um, building up the abundance. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> so my third one is actually kind of intimately related there. And it's for me that like the, the whole there's a process to the whole thing. Like you might have gathered that I'm process oriented from my journaling and like needing this thing to like make it feel right. And this research, like I feel like once I'm done with that. I've spit my own stuff out on paper. I've maybe read or thought about it in, in some deeper way. It's having a like a healthy conversation about where I'm at. And hopefully I'm in a place by that point that I can articulate what it is I need from that. Sometimes it really is, though, just that, like, hey, I'm feeling fucking weird. And, like, I just need to get this off my chest. And maybe we can brainstorm some shit together. Or I just want you to even just hold space for right. that with me and be right. here with me. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, and in other times, it's like there's this very concrete date night or like, yeah. I want to play with ropes, too. Or like, you know, like whatever it totally. is, you know. Um, so, yeah. But I think that that, like other things I think we'll, we've talked about today and, and elsewhere, is like that's a spectrum. Yeah. And I think sometimes when you're navigating maybe earlier on or more complex issues later, like there's this spectrum of like – me, you feel shit, but you don't really know what it is, you know. Yeah. And just being able to. Or why? Yeah, yeah. Certainly the why part. Mm-hmm. Um, but but being able to just articulate where you are at and have someone that's receptive of that. Yeah. Um, even if that's just to give you a hug afterward, because they don't fucking get it either. Yeah, be like, hey, like, I'm here with you. I don't yeah. understand, but I ultimately totally hear you, and that's super valid, and I love yeah. you. Yeah. So that those are, those are my tricks. Yeah. Whiskey, <laughs> journals, Reddit, talking, talking. I Usually after some whiskey. But those are, I mean, really, that's like a big part of our 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 way of navigating what we just shared. Like that's a huge part of our process. So I hope that's helpful to hear. And um, I also hope that this episode has made you feel less alone in your feelings of jealousy, no matter what your relationship dynamic looks like. And um, you are not alone at the end of the day and jealousy is a super normal thing to feel and um when we can come to terms with that and learn how to move through it in a concrete and uh thoughtful way uh it really is so much more supportive than the opposite so thank you all for being here thank you for listening um for all of the episode show notes you can check it out at amandacatherinemoy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 118 or you can just head to your whatever app you're listening to this on um, and (laughs) scroll down and check it out. Um, Also, all of the enrollment information for the School of Fierce Feels and Fucks is there as well. Um, And we're going to be doing more of these episodes. So make sure you subscribe, like, and review on iTunes um, so that you get them dropped in your your iTunes or Spotify or wherever the fuck you listen to the podcast every single week on Thursday mornings. And until next week, we'll see you on the flip side. You want to say bye-bye with me? Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> we say bye differently. <laughs>